Welcome to College Football Roundtable, your source for college football coverage, including major storylines, playoffs, can't miss game previews, and picks each week. Join your hosts, Dan, Rob, and Jordan at the roundtable for a show unlike anything else. As for Football presents the College Football Roundtable. Hey, so welcome back, everybody. It's week seven. The madness continues. Michael Penix Jr. had his Heisman moments as the Huskies beat the Ducks, and the Purple Rain still continues to play in Husky Stadium. Georgia continues to play with their food, and uh, the Saturday slate turned out to be a heck of a lot better than it was predicted earlier. Uh, I think we have a good idea who's going to be standing tall and who's going to be the first uh, mm-hmm. tier to hit their, their bowl eligibility this week. Week seven started with 14 undefeated teams, and we're now down to 11. This season has been wild so far. And guess what? We got games on Tuesday again. What's up, Trash Talkers? Welcome back to the College Football Roundtable, or if you prefer, we'd like to call it Ring Knocker Radio. And you can always say two O's and an NCO. I'm Rob, the Angry Colonel. I'm also the playground legend today <laughs> coming out of uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. We got Dano Ikebesa calling to you from Coastal Connecticut, and we got Trigger Joe coming from the home of the big house. So I started this weekend, watched the Army game, listened to the Navy game as they uh, slipped into a victory in the second half, which I still can't believe. And then I was listening to the home call when Washington beat Oregon. I tell you what, like if you have satellite radio or the varsity app, dip into the team that looks like they're going to win and listen to like the last two minutes of the game. Like, even if you're not a fan of that team, it will give you an emotional lift because the, the Washington call was bedlam. Like those guys are screaming in the booth. I'm sure that their uh, sound guys ears were bleeding as loud as they were making it. But, uh, and of course, I checked in on the the Pac-12 nightcaps, both on Friday and on Saturday night. Wow. I went to bed when – CU was up 21 nothing. woke up the next day, and I was like, what the actual F happened? They came apart at the seams. And then, of course, uh, in the battle of Heisman-level quarterbacks, I think uh, Sam Hartman got the better end of the deal in the USC game. But I'll pause there, kick it over to Joe. What did you end up watching this weekend? Uh, yeah, it started with Colorado and Stanford Friday night. But uh, Saturday, I started out watching the Wolverines start very slow in the rain, and it was cold up here. And then they woke up in the second quarter and dismantled Indiana 51-7. At, uh, then 3.30, watched one of the best games of the season, Oregon and Washington. It was a beautiful thing to watch Michael Penix uh, in a duel with 29-year-old Bo Nix and come out on top. <laughs> um, I'm going to make fun of that forever. Uh <clears throat> Uh, then to cap off the evening between watching UFC and uh, football, I watched Notre Dame truck house Southern Cal in a win I did not see going that way. So ended up being a good Saturday for football. Yeah, I thought that I, I still think the USC game Notre Dame was supposed to be a lot closer. And obviously uh, that's why they play the games, folks. Dana, what would you end up watching? So Army had the squirrely 3.30 kickoff, which means that I missed all of the early games driving up there in the freaking rain. Got rained again. Uh, you know, watch the team fumble and then, you know, they're just not executing. And now they got a bunch of bad injuries. Honestly, the Army team's in crisis right now. Got a game at LSU on the horizon. And I'm afraid, you know, as Army fans, we're in for a tough stretch. Like, I think the coaching staff can get it turned around at some point in the next couple of weeks. But, yo, that was ugly. And then by the time I got home, 
you know, look, Army season is shot, and the last thing I wanted to do was think about more football. Split a uh, split a ah, split a bottle of wine with my wife, had dinner, went on with my life. What can you do? Yeah. Well, speaking of moving on with your life, uh, maybe you can buy some llamas and get that uh, <laughs> and get that farm alpaca farm going. Yeah, get your alpaca farm going. So we have a sponsor here at As Football. It's BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn was co-founded by class of 1997 graduate Dan Robinson. Dan ran a traditional farm co-op and realized that there was a much better way to bring farm sales and auctions into the 21st century. He and his co-founder, Dinu, uh, took their experience in IT management and development and built the world's first farm-to-farm online sales and auction platform buyer barn provides reduced health issues through uh, cutting down on animal owner contact reduce animal fraud by a buyer and raider selling system fully integrated auction platform with secure payments convenience to buy and sell in your own time at better market pricing because you get a much wider audience think of it ebay versus a yard sale Buyer Barn is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and is providing a special discount to military veterans who want to assist them in the small family farm revolution. Go to buyerbarn.com or just click on the tab at the uh, As for Football website and it'll take you straight to the page. And then you can go find anything but a horse at buyerbarn.com. Dan, you want to take the service academies? Yeah, man. Um, as we said, Army really struggled this week. They got shut out at home against Troy, 19-0. to The first home shutout in 20 years. Like, they had not been shut out at home since the depth of the bad old days. And this Army team looks as bad right now under Coach Munkin as they ever have. Um, you know, by the end of halftime this weekend, we were down to a plebe center, plebe running back, plebe wide receiver, plebe quarterback. And it's just not – that is not the plan, especially against a defense as good as Troy's and add in the fact that it was raining sideways and 45 degrees and it was just like – it was it was so miserable out there. And, you know, the plebe wide receiver and quarterback are out there because of injuries. But that's – that running back, he's just the best guy on the team. The center, he's the best center on the team. So it just sort of tells you where we are. Um, and like we said, you know, these guys are – not about to put it together and somehow push LSU this weekend. Like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Hopefully we can get turned around at some point, um, see some consistent improvement heading into the Navy game. But so far, like the army team for better or worse has been regressing in stages over the course of this season. And speaking of teams that are also struggling, Navy somehow beat Charlotte this weekend in what has got to be one of the ugliest games in college football history. This game started with 12 straight punts, 12, nothing but punts in the first half. Navy finally hit a pass on freaking third and 14, then went for a touchdown with their first possession of the third quarter. Then fullback Alex Teca broke off a 62-yard run at the start of the fourth quarter. That was all of the scoring. The mids win 14-0. And Look, I don't know how many Navy fans listen to this show. I have it on good authority. That's really not that many. That team, those the mids, they have a good defense. Maybe not quite as good as they were last year, but they're still pretty good. However, that offense, like they're not very good. They put up 173 yards rushing on 4.3 yards a carry against Charlotte, who's one and five. For all of Army's problems, like as bad as as much as we just dumped on the Black Knights, they actually did better than that against Troy in the rain. So that's that's a an alarming area of concern if you're a navy fan meanwhile air force looming on the horizon came from behind to beat wyoming 34 17 the zoomies ran for 356 freaking yards on seven yards per carry but more impressively they held the cowboys to just six points in the second half and they won despite fumbling twice in the first half and letting wyoming capitalize both times so i, I just can't say enough you know air force now i think is ranked number 22 
that team is really, really good. They're at Navy this weekend, and despite the massive advantage that the home team usually holds in this series, fully expecting another runaway Zoomy victory. Like, if this one's not as bad as the one that got uh, – What's his name? That offensive coordinator fired. I'll be very surprised because I'm expecting Air Force to lay the whooping this weekend. FCS Academies Coast Guard had a bye week this week. They take on Norwich at 1:30 this weekend. They're now three and three. Seem to play better at home than they do on the road. So we'll see how they do. Meanwhile, Merchant Marine Academy beat MIT 28-14. They're now five and one, very much in control of their own destiny. Fullback Caesar Gonzalez ran 27 times for 132 yards and three touchdowns. They take on uh, Worcester Worcester Polytech at Kings Point this weekend, starting at noon. Fully expect they'll be six and one. And Rob's got a note in here. If you're a fan of these FCS academies, they usually stream their games online. Just go to the team website and hits the watch button and enjoy the game. Which who knows? Maybe I'll do that. All right, Joe. How about the top ten for this week? Uh, yeah, Georgia stays at number one after a 37-20 win over Vandy. Weak sauce. Okay, they were only up 10, got a garbage touchdown late. That game was actually closer than than the score um, indicates. Michigan rolls on Indiana 51-7. They stay at two. Ohio State, no spoiler makers here, 41-7 at Purdue. Um, FSU destroyed the Qs 41-3, so they stay at number four. Washington finally cracks the top five after a magical 36-33 win over the Ducks. Uh, Oklahoma dropped down a spot on their week off to six. And Penn State, in the first time in college football history, won 63 to nothing and dropped one spot from six to seven. That's so, nuts. How, yeah, do you do how does that, that work? How does that work? What Washington did was so... Um, you know, it was so paramount to like where the rankings are going to end up in the top five that I mean, Penn State's got every chance to get it back this weekend. Sure. So if they win yeah. this weekend, they'll be right back in there. Um, Texas was, uh, you know, a slight move in their off weeks, number eight. Um, the Ducks, Oregon dropped to number nine after, you know, just only were dropping one spot. That's how close that game was with uh, Washington. And then North Carolina is the new face in the top 10 as the Tar Heels handle Miami. 41-31. Good for you, North Carolina. They're undefeated. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So other other issues in the top 25 will hit. Uh, top 25 losses this week. There's 34 so far this season, and we're just at week eight. So I think we're on pace to set the – to break the record of what we had a couple of years ago. I think it was 68 uh, <laughs> top 25 losses. And, again – a lot of this is not ranked on ranked matchups. That's why going into this weekend, it was kind of like, ah, eh, who cares? Some of these games are going to be good. I think everybody had uh, Oregon and Washington circled on their calendar. But other than that, it was kind of like, eh, who really cares? You know, as mentioned, uh, Oregon lost a close one to Washington. And, and there's some coaching stuff in there. We'll dive into that a little bit later. Uh, USC drops a big one to Notre Dame. Sam Hartman looked way better of the two Heisman candidate quarterbacks in that game. But Seeing that uh, Sam Hartman had such a terrible game last week against Louisville, he needed a bounce back, and so he did, which shows a lot of character, at least as far as him as a, as a player in preparation for the team. Drake May stepped up this week, uh, took care of the University of Miami, and now they have dropped two in a row. Uh, they had a chance, like this could have been their first contentious game uh, for the University of Miami, barring uh, taking a knee, which is still just unbelievable to me that that happened last week. Uh, Louisville got smacked around by Pittsburgh. 38 to 21. Who saw that coming? Holy Ooh. cow. What an upset. Yeah. I did not see that one in Excellent. the highlights. 
Yeah, yeah, that, like, that's nuts. Yeah, like Louisville was in the driver's seat of the ACC, and then they just fell off the wagon. Like they were looking to be like showdown with Florida State, and I think that was probably going to be the best game of the season. Not so much anymore. UCLA got beat down by Oregon State. They lost thirty-six to twenty-four. And this one is another one that came out of left field. How did the Arizona Wildcats come out of nowhere and stomp Washington State Cougars 44-6? to Unranked team beating a ranked number 19 team drubbing. Uh, Kansas State lost uh, their offensive production, and they dropped down to uh, Oklahoma State 39-32. And then Mizzou took out number 24, Kentucky. That's a revolving door in that number 23 and number 20, you know, 23 through 25. That's just going to be a revolving door on who plays better that weekend. Uh, uh, the Wildcats lost 38 to 21. And I, I guess uh, the note says it automatically comes with a loss if you hit number 24. But all that being said, it is now time to move to Joe's Blue Falcon of the Week. So who is uh, on the slate of infamy this week, my friend? You know, I usually don't do this, and I wouldn't do it to a backup or a kicker or a freshman or anything like that, but it's going to a player, not a coach. So, Caleb Williams, turn your volume up because you need to hear this. I'm sure it was a lot of fun beating up on Stanford and Arizona State and Colorado. I know what I said, and I'm not going to say their name right until they start playing some defense. Um, But when the chips were down, Heisman, and you had a chance – to set your school apart and put the Trojans in a very good spot to make the playoffs, you choked and threw three interceptions. You're probably making as much money off NIL deals as a lot of pro quarterbacks, and I think it might have got to your head. I've said it since last season. I've, I think you're a little bit overrated, and uh, I still stand by that because USC goes where you lead them, and this week you led them into a dumpster fire. So you, sir, are the Blue Falcon of the Week. Come collect your T-shirt. Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. And he threw those three picks in the first half, and that was like that set Notre Dame up for success. I mean, I think the one was almost a pick six, and they think there was two that basically flipped the field, and Notre Dame had a very short field to go. So that was insane. But moving on to the topic this week, and I say this is like, who's the never let you down team? Like, who's the team that just can't get right? You watch these guys year after year hoping that they're going to get over to the hump, hoping they're going to get to, you know, in the old days, a New Year's Six Bowl. Now it's in the playoff, and every time you turn around, like it's five-star locked, they're going to drop one game. And I said this a couple weeks ago when uh, Oregon beat Colorado. I was like, these guys are, are going to drop one before week 13. It's usually week 13. They usually lose to Oregon State, but this time they uh, snuck up on themselves and shot themselves in the foot against – Washington for two reasons. One, coach was super, super aggressive and like hats off to him when you're aggressive. But when there's basically no time on the clock in the first half, you bring out the field goal team and you kick the field goal. Like why? Because those three points can make the difference. Those three points that they left on the field in the first half came back and bit them in the butt in the second half because then they would have been playing for the win. Now, the kicker may or may not have missed, but at least you had a chance at overtime and an opportunity to win the game without, you know, watching a ball go wide right or wide left. I think it was wide left this time. Either way, uh, I've been saying this for years. If you know me, I watch a lot of college football, and Oregon never seems to let me down. They will run the table, and then they run into, like, even when they had a Heisman Trophy candidate in the first playoff, what happened to Marcus Mariota when they took on Ohio State? The Buckeyes paid my rent. That's what happened. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's awesome. So, I, so obviously you put some money on that game. Well, well I knew – well, you knew that was coming. Anybody that knew that Ohio State team knew Oregon was running into a road grader. <laughs> they didn't know it, but us, us Midwestern Big Ten fans were like, there's no way. Because I'm bringing that West Coast nonsense out here. You're going to get smashed. Yeah. Well, and again, I, I can remember even years ago, it's like, there was like 2012 or 2013 when they had to play them in the Rose Bowl. And it was like, oh, Oregon, like, like you obviously don't watch football because Oregon does not do well after week 10. You know, so I'm surprised. The one thing that I will say, I'm surprised that they lost this early because I seriously thought they were going to take the head-to-head matchup against Washington and move on. But I will pause, pass it over to Dano. Who is the team that has always let you down? I'm not totally sure that I understood the assignment here. Um, I kind of went the other way with it. I, I said LSU uh, because they're perennially the second best team in the SEC West, except for those occasional years when they're the best team in football, but that's been kind of rare. But they always have like these next level, unbelievable freaking players. And yet somehow you're looking at this team like, why are you not winning your division? Why are you not even winning the, the conference championship? Like, what is going on here? And, of course, you guys know I have a soft spot for LSU because they recruited me a little bit. But, you know, and the current team is a little off theme with their rep. Like, they're not playing the kind of ball that you would think that they're supposed to play. But they're totally on theme for this because I don't think that this LSU team is remotely as good as advertised, especially compared to the hype. And then my other one would be Oklahoma because it seems like the hype for Oklahoma is just next level every year. And I I enjoy watching Oklahoma, but oh, yeah. and they're good this year too. But I don't for one instant think that they're going to like make it to the national championship game or anything. Even though from where we are right now, they have every reason to believe that they could. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're if you're a big Big Twelve fan, like you're probably hanging your shingle on Oklahoma. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, this is, they're this the is best it. team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've even got a defense, which is amazing. That yeah. that's what makes this team a little scary. Because I've said yeah. that before. Like, if Oklahoma played defense, could you imagine that? My goodness, they'd be freaky scary because their offense can hang fifty. Yeah, yeah, Easy. for half the games of the season. But yeah, I know have- I'm not the only one who who's just waiting for this Oklahoma team to stumble. I mean, th- were they ranked to start the season? Maybe they were in the in the 20s. You know, it, it, it seems even after they beat Texas, it still seems like people were kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I mean, Oklahoma's good, man. And I think what it is is like when you have an embarrassment of riches, like so you have, you know, Baker Mayfield and then Kyler Murray back to back, you know, two yeah. great seasons. And then you kind of have a lull and there's like, well, who's a quarterback at, you know, who's a quarterback at OU? I don't know. Some guy, you know, <laughs> Jalen <Like>, Hurts. <laughs> yeah. Well, think about it. Like it was, you know, you had Jalen Hurts that came over. And then the other part of it was, is like the, the guy that was supposed to be the, the, you know, the cornerstone of the Oklahoma defense is now in USC throwing picks at freaking Notre Dame. You know, because Lincoln Riley packed his bags and head across the country. So it's like, like, is it a rebuilding year for for Oklahoma? I don't know. And then what's next year going to look like when they end up in that SEC schedule, man? Like, like you cannot play Pac-12 or Big 12 football in the SEC and expect to win. Because LSU is trying to do that right now and it ain't exactly going their way. Yeah. Joe, how about you? Oh, I got to go Notre Dame on this one. Um Every year, they play two to three tough games, and they usually lose two to three of them. Um, this year, they already dropped to Ohio State. No shame in that. But Louisville, they, Louisville, they should have won that game. Now, yeah. I find it a little 
um, ironic that we talked about them beating USC before, so they did bounce back, but you already got two losses. So I think that they're perennially overrated, and it's because of those golden helmets. And <laughs> I just don't see it. I'm like, unless you join a conference and put up that kind of schedule, I, I, I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to hear about how great Notre Dame is compared to the top teams in the country because every year they disappoint. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, Notre Dame is kind of Notre Dame is kind of like Colorado, you know, like in the early 90s, because those two were like the teams that were battling it out. You know, you had Colorado, you had Rocket Ismail, you had Quadri Ismail at Syracuse, you had all these like super, super talented teams. And like now there is like a period of like, OK, just quiet. You know, and then Monty Teo shows up and has his catfish incident. And that was that was like that's the most news that Notre Dame has had recently was that versus, you know, the play on the field. And now, you know, they're 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 praising, you know, the the grad transfer of Sam Hartman, hoping that he's going to be able to bring them to, you know, bring them to the promised land to use the to use the allegorical statement. But the problem is they've dropped, too. So what does Notre Dame look like for the rest of the season? Are they just playing season spoiler for everybody else on the rest of their, you know, on their schedule or do they legitimately have a chance? Because I don't think, I don't think what we've seen with the playoff committee that they're going to be willing to let a 10 and two team, Mm -mm. you know what I mean? A team with two losses is not getting into the playoff. Well, when you You have three statement games and you lose two of them, you're kind of shot. And I mean, I hate it for them. I wish it was like the NFL where you can, you know, come in with three losses and win the whole thing, but you just can't college football. You can't afford to drop two of your biggest three games. Yeah, you can't. Like Michigan lost to Penn State and Ohio State, their season's done. Yeah, and I think that's really where that's where it becomes tricky because college football has a lot more uh, desire for perfection, and you know, and you always hear when the the commentators talk, well, they got to pass the eye test, they got to pass the eye test. Well, if you're losing two teams that you should handily beat, like you failed the eye test. Period. Doesn't matter. My eye test is looking at the scoreboard when there's zeros on the clock. So if you don't pass that one, it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then it's the same thing. It's the same thing with like, like how after this week, we are halfway through the season. Can, you know, Caleb Williams win the Heisman after throwing three picks in a pivotal game. Right. Shouldn't happen. But the other part of it is, is look at Shador Sanders. Shador Sanders should like if if we throw records out the window, Shador Sanders is the most efficient quarterback in college football as far as throwing passes and scoring touchdowns. However, when you look on the backside of that, He's also got, you know, four loss or three losses and more sacks than anyone else in college football. But if we're just basing it off of his performance and yards and touchdowns, he's the best quarterback in college football. However, he's not on the best team. And so, you know, complimentary football is the way to go. But I really think that, uh, yeah, the teams that were mentioned here are all kind of those teams that I think, like, if we really sat back and were honest with ourselves, it's like, yeah, they're good. Like, like, make no mistake. I don't want to go play Oklahoma if I'm, you know, Tulane, or if I'm North Texas. Like, I don't want that as an out of conference game. I know that I'm going to make some money off of it, but I definitely don't want to take the risk and get my players beat up playing teams like that. But I also think that uh, you know upsets happen. I mean, if you don't believe so, like, look at look at how close Wyoming and App State's games have been this season. Like, they have been razor's edge close. And if you have been watching those two teams, it literally. It's like whoever gets the ball last is going to win it. But all that being said, hey, look, you know, everybody always has that one team that's going to let them down. Here's somebody that won't let you down, Craig Oxane. I will pass it over to Dan. That's beautiful. 
Uh, so we got a sponsor here at As for Football, and it's Craig Oxane, the Vice President of Residential Lending for Draper and Kramer in Chicago. Craig is a member of the West Point Class of 1994, licensed to lend in all 50 states, but based out of Chicago. Friends, Craig is one of the biggest VA lenders in the country. He's going to offer you super competitive rates, give you the best deal that he possibly can. And I don't know if you guys have bought a house, but the mortgage process is super freaking confusing. Interest rates are moving all over the place, and now is not the time to try to deal with some clients who really just wants to make a buck off you, right? Deal with somebody who actually cares, who are, who's a real person that you can establish an actual connection with. Not a call center, not some random big box bank, minus website. And, you know, friends, this is how the West Point Network functions. Craig is helping us stay in business here at As for Football, and we're helping you get the best deal on a mortgage that we can by trying to introduce you to the, a person that you can trust. Plus, Craig does not charge lender's fees for veterans. That's a savings of 1300 bucks. Get that money, like, Go save yourself $1,300. Craig Oxane, Vice President of Residential Lending. Check it out. His link is on our website. You go to askforfootball.com. Click the little link. Fill out a questionnaire. You'll be talking to Craig in a couple of hours. It could not be easier, and we guarantee that you will have a good experience. Awesome. Thanks, Dano. Hey, so uh, let's move on to games of the week. If you can believe it, we are in the second week in a row of Tuesday night college football. Get out of town. All right, so Tuesday night, October 17th, it starts off with a 7 o'clock kick. Yeah, Middle Tennessee at Liberty. Those are both kind of meh teams, but I'm sure that'll be an exciting game because, like, usually when you have two not-so-great contests they usually end up having a pretty good one when they're playing each other you got western kentucky at jacksonville state that should be good jacksonville state just moved up from fcs to fbs and they're a pretty solid team they've been doing pretty well this year i think that will be a good game western kentucky with their cool hilltopper helmets you know if they go with the shiny gold ones those are always pretty good underneath the lights and then you end the week with uh southern miss at southern at south alabama south alabama is not doing so good southern miss they're okay team. That should be a good uh, capper for Tuesday night. Wednesday, you got uh, FIU at Sam Houston, New Mexico State, and UTEP. One uh, FIU kicks at 7 o'clock, and UTEP kicks at uh, 9 p.m. at 2100 for those of you that speak military. On Thursday, October the 19th, you got Rice at Tulsa, and then you got James Madison and Marshall. That should be a good game. Marshall's always sneakily loaded and ready to take down an undefeated team. I don't know if it's going to happen against James Madison. They're looking pretty good this season. I think James Madison and Jacksonville State or Jackson State are two great teams that are not going to get postseason nods just because of their transition into FBS, which is unfortunate. Hopefully, bogus, uh, man, they're the best team in the Sun Belt. Yeah, like it, for both of those teams, if uh, if opportunity presents itself, they need to have a bowl game or just set up a bowl game where James Madison plays, you know, Jackson State. Like I would watch that game. Easy, because I think those two teams are both great. I only got one game on Friday night. It's on ESPN2. You got SMU at Temple kicking at 7 p.m. All right, so moving on into the Saturday matchups. Uh, these are kind of crazy, so they're kind of wonked out. So I started with the late the two late games that are coming on. You got Duke and Florida State. Those are both are either ABC or uh ACC network, depending on where you are regionally. So you got number 17, Duke. I don't think uh, Riley Leonard will be starting against Florida State, which is bad for Duke. They won this past week, but I don't know if they'll be able to carry that in there without their starting QB. Clemson at Miami. This may be a chance for Clemson to get a little bit of redemption and play season spoiler. It would have been a lot more interesting game two weeks ago, but seeing that Miami has dropped two, I think uh, Miami's just trying to hold on to their number 25 spot, and that'll be about the extent of it. 
Uh, Air Force and Navy kicks at noon on CBS and Paramount Plus, if you have it, believe it or not. It makes me scratch my head. Uh, of course, that's a hard lean for Air Force right now because I think Air Force, sadly, is the best uh, of the three service academy teams in college football right now. Doesn't mean upsets don't happen, but definitely uh, one that will be, be a well of an upset, let me tell you. I wouldn't yeah. mind. I wouldn't be surprised to see Navy cover, though. They're oh, getting my goodness. Points. Well, gotta... Let's talk about Let's put a pin in that and come back to it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll talk about that later. So you've got uh, the state pin and Ohio State University kicking at noon. I think that'll be a, I think that'll be a much better game. Usually that game goes Penn State's way in when they're playing at Happy Valley. But if they're playing at the shoe advantage, Ohio State, that's usually one of those games where the advantage goes to the home team. And uh, that one's always a good one. Uh, you've got UCF at Oklahoma. I feel bad for UCF. We'll see if they're a contender or a pretender when they're taking on Oklahoma. If they can keep it close, then they might have a chance. The uh, informal 2017 champions are taking on the rising Oklahoma University. <laughs> you got Oklahoma State and West Virginia. We'll see if they can bounce back. West Virginia is quietly good. I mean, they're 4-2 this season. They lost a close one last uh, last week to Houston. Yeah, on the last play of the game, like it was a tipped Hail Mary with the guy caught. Like it could have went either oh, way. Oh, I saw that one. That yeah, was amazing. It was, a, it was a legit 50-50 ball. But you got Oklahoma yeah. State and West Virginia. That'll be a good game. That kicks at 3.30 on ESPN. You got Washington State and Oregon. Can Oregon bounce back after uh, losing a close one? Washington State has got to be a little bit frustrated after that beating that they took from Arizona. This sets up well for a trap game, to be honest, just because you've got one team that's licking their wounds because of a, a of a tough loss. The other team is emotionally drained because they had a close loss. So this is in that window of, of shenanigans that could potentially happen. You've got UCF at UConn. Dano, we put that one on there because you're the UConn fan. But, yeah, we're uh, going to talk yeah. about that one too. <laughs> that's, oh, listen, that's an interesting uh, – Oh, we'll save it. Yeah, save it's a, it's, it's a pretty interesting, interesting game. It's a pretty interesting matchup, just given the way that these teams have been playing all season. You got Tennessee and Alabama. We are not going to see what we saw last year in the Tennessee-Alabama game. I don't know if it's going to be that close. Uh, is Bama going to Bama, or is Tennessee going to actually play some ball? I mean, they've been like if the only the only roller coaster that's worse than the emotional roller coaster at Tennessee is the broken one at Carowinds that we saw a couple weeks ago in the news. So that one's going to be interesting. Tennessee and Alabama. Can we get uh, can lightning strike twice in Tuscaloosa? We shall see. Uh, Texas at Houston. That's a good game. Houston's you know, two and four, but they actually have been playing pretty tough. And like I said, they upset uh, West Virginia last week. You got Virginia at North Carolina. Can Drake may keep keep up the the Heisman talk? I mean, everybody's talking about him as, as a Heisman contender. I think he'll be a finalist. I don't think he's going to be at the top of the heap unless something significantly crazy happens. If, uh, you know, some of the other guys that are in front of him have a game like Caleb Williams do this past week, his chances keep, keep creeping up there. Just don't know if he's going to hit the top spot. Uh, Ole Miss at Auburn. We'll see if the mad scientist uh, Lane Kiffin can put something on Auburn. I, I'm kind of disappointed because they were one of my picks this past week and they just completely let me down. So, you know, good job, Auburn. You suck. But again, Jordan Hare Stadium is always very, very difficult to play in, particularly if you're visiting an SEC team. It's just tough to play at. Uh, you've got App State at Old Dominion. I think that game is going to be good. It's going to be on the NFL Network, so if you don't have the NFL Network, you're probably not going to be able to watch it, but I think that'll be a good game. ODU is very solid. App State has been up and down all season, but every game that they've played has been close, so it'll be definitely one that's worth watching. You got Army and LSU kicking at 7.30 on SEC Nation. Oof. I think uh, the SEC Nation – Yeah, I think the SEC Nation uh, – 
is is kind of the hint of where they think the game is going to go. Because if they thought it was going to be more competitive, I think it would have been on broadcast at least late because everybody knows that, you know, Army fans watch Army football. And so I think that's an indication of where things are going. You've got Michigan State and Michigan, again, usually an interesting game. But uh, not so much anymore, particularly with all the off-the-field shenanigans that Michigan State has had. And Michigan State is just – they're they are not good this season. I man. hope it goes five quarters. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it does not. Uh, so you've got uh, the 8 o'clock night – the 8 o'clock kick is uh, Utah at USC. Can Caleb Williams bounce back? And guess what? His arch nemesis, uh, Cam Rising, is not supposed to play. I don't know if they're playing that close to the vest just to to keep it uh, keep. Is it that quiet. guy ever coming back? He hasn't taken it's a snap this season, right? An injury. Like, like he tore. His, he, yeah, he tore his ACL in the off season. So I don't know if, he, uh, like, at this point, being six weeks in, Cam Rising maybe like playing for a medical redshirt to hang out, and he'll be the thirty-seven year old quarterback. So he and Frank, <laughs> he and Frank Harris will be playing again next season, just because like they they don't want to grow up. It's like. Uh, they, there's a ba- there's a bag of pixie dust in the NC2A offices, and they just keep sprinkling it on these guys so they can stay in Neverland. I have no idea. So you got Arizona State at Washington. Like after that performance last week, that's their nightcap on FS1. After the performance that Michael Penix had last week, like I don't know what the the parlay is for him. Uh, expect like three touchdowns and 300 plus yards against the Arizona defense, if not more. Uh, that guy is good. Like. After watching him, you know, usually watching the highlights, you kind of, you know, selective editing. It's a highlight reel, right? But after watching that Oregon game, that guy's every bit as much of the Heisman candidate as they've been talking about. And uh, he can throw some good balls, man. He's throwing some back shoulder fades that were, like, pretty tremendous. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, we are going to pause. And, uh, well, before we get into the games of the week, I know you guys got some stuff that you want to talk about. Let's just pause. We'll get into our – Weekly Locks, and then we can talk about what other games you're watching. Weekly Locks. Dano, how about you? Well, I went 0-1 last week. Just took one pick. I took App State to cover against Coastal. Coastal, in like the most mediocre year they've had in a couple years, won their first game ever at App State. That was 0-1. So, what can you do? Anyway, uh, I'm taking Liberty minus 14 and a half to cover. Uh, well, tonight, as you're listening to this, tomorrow night, as we're recording it, versus MTSU. Like we said, that's another Tuesday night game. We've got James Madison minus three and a half at Marshall, Air Force minus 11 and a half at Navy. And it really, if you want to double that up, play the over 37 and a half as well. Like, I understand that Navy is not going to score on that Air Force defense, but Air Force has put up like seven yards per carry against everybody it's crazy and then yeah man i'm tempted to take south florida minus two at yukon like the huskies have had kind of a weird year like army has where they've got all this talent on the field and like a good old line you're watching them wondering how they keep losing these games but they make all these crazy mistakes and they keep losing but they finally got off the schneid they beat freaking rice rice is actually good this year so this is liable to be a competitive game. Oh, by the way, South Florida is three and four, so they need this game badly. So, I mean, I know South Florida UConn is not like going to set the college football world on fire, but this is an interesting game if you like the group of five. Hmm. That's good. Uh, how about you, Joe? What are you watching? Um, well, as far as what I'm watching, it's, I'm definitely going to be watching Michigan, Michigan State. 
Um, they, we can't beat them soundly enough to make me happy. And I'll be tuning into Penn State, Ohio State, because we're playing both those teams in a month. Um, I went two and two last week. Uh, Mizzou came through and won outright against Kentucky as four-point dogs. The heels covered against Miami. Unfortunately, UFC, uh, USC choked, and Louisville got throttled by a one-win Pittsburgh team. If you can figure that out, you're smarter than I am. Um, I'm taking four games this week. I'm going back to the well with Mizzou to cover seven and a half at home against a two and four South Carolina squad. I like that offense and they're not playing in South Carolina. So, um, yeah, I'm taking them to cover there. I like Oklahoma to cover at home against a three and three, uh, central Florida team. So, uh, cover 19, I'm sorry, cover 19 points. So, um, UCF is not the UCF of back in the day and uh, this team's three and three. So I definitely got Oklahoma covering that. I like Ole Miss to cover against a three and three cover six and a half against a three and three Auburn team who just got beat by 30 by the team that Ole Miss beat. So I like them to cover six and a half against Auburn. And then finally I'm wrapping up with the most boring offense in college football, the six and one Iowa Hawkeyes. Five giving up five points at home to a Minnesota team who just got beat by 42 on their home field by Michigan. So oh, I was what not a, what a whooping Michigan, but they are six and one and ranked, and they're um, at home against the Minnesota team. He was putrid. Yeah. So what what are your thoughts? Do you think Iowa's going to win the, the the West? And and it's just going to be another one of those kind of Big Ten seasons. Oh man, if they do, uh, it they're going to have to take USC and um, Oregon and stick them on the other side and give Washington and UCLA to the to Michigan side because they're going to have to put some power on that side because they're the Big Ten games. It's like the it's like watching the old SEC West versus East when Bama was rolling and you knew like. Yeah, the, the title is going to be played between Bama and Auburn or Bama and LSU, not between Bama and Florida. Um, yeah. It's the same thing. When Michigan and Ohio State play, that's the Big Ten title. And then there's a game the week after that for the team that won the beat edition. Um, so they got to do something to get a little, a, a little more uh, equality as far as the heavyweights and the heavy hitters in the Big Ten because I think they will win um, the Big Ten West, and they're going to get drugged. By Ohio State or Michigan. Yeah, that that like, I I think that's the 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 balance that has to change, and that's one of the good things coming out of conference realignment. Like you can actually weight other parts of the divisions that are just like like nobody cares. Like nobody cares about the SEC West. You know what I mean? Like, but you throw Texas and Oklahoma in there, maybe we will if those guys are playing f- good football. But uh, so I went one and two last week. Like I should have taken UMass and PSU. That would have been an easy win. But again, I wasn't trying to, you know, cherry pick. That was too easy. A hit on Notre Dame and USC. They went over. Um, both Miami and Auburn got smacked around. So this week, take the the over of fifty six in the Utah USC game. I'm going back to the well on that. Tell USC starts playing defense. Like they're going to score a bunch of points. If you watch the two games last year with uh, Utah, they scored 71 and 85 points respectively in those two contests. So they're definitely going to hit over 56. That's pretty easy. Uh, Take the over on the Penn State uh, OSU game. I think both offenses are starting to click right now. Don't be surprised if it goes in the overtime and the winner covering the difference because I think it's like three and a half. But uh, like 
Again, advantage Ohio State because it's at home in the shoe. If it was at uh, Happy Valley, I would lean the other way just because, you know, not because I'm a fan of either team, but I'm just smart enough to know that Big Ten football, like whoever's at home, is, has the advantage distinctively, particularly if you're playing in the big house or the horseshoe. I mean, those are very, very weighted. I think the only thing that would make a PSU a little bit more competitive in this contest is if it was at home in a whiteout because I think that was the last time they actually beat the Buckeyes was in the whiteout at uh, Happy Valley, but that I don't. Yeah, I was going to ask when was the last time uh, Penn State got out from under Big Brother's little shadow there? Yeah, they've they've played season spoiler for uh, Ohio State a couple times in the last ten years, but it hasn't been very much. But they've won a couple of games that they were not picked to win against Ohio okay. State. They were both in Happy Valley. Yeah, but again, like uh, the home team has the advantage. Like home field advantage, particularly in the Big Ten, is a thing. Period. And then moving on, take um, OU to cover 19 and a half against UCF. Again, didn't read anything that, that Joe put in there. I think that's going to happen. I think OU is rolling right now. Uh, I would be surprised if their quarterback doesn't put up, you know, about 275 and two touches and run one in as well because yeah. that guy's legit good and everybody's watching him now for the Heisman. So if your coach is smart, when you got the hot hand, you got to play with it. And so I think they'll be, they'll be good with that one. But, uh, yeah, it's been pretty crazy. So at the end of the, the picks, we are moving on to our bandwagon fantasy sports update. Like, it was crazy this weekend. Again, I got screwed by West Virginia and Colorado. Man, I, I was like, there's no way that Colorado is going to lose to Stanford. Boy, did that prove me wrong, right? And then uh, West Virginia, that, that game could have went either way. But uh, I am – uh, Matt's on top with 82 points. Dano's in second with 78. I'm tied with him, but he has the edge by one of the away game wins. So we're in uh, he's been three. up by six. We finally closed the gap a little bit. We're only down four points now. Yeah. So he's he's just a bad weekend away from from one of us jumping up on top. <laughs> I really like the. Uh, I'm I'm actually a fan of the bandwagon fantasy sports. It's it's easily managed. And again, set your lineups before uh, you get into the early games if you have one of those teams picked. But we are going to close out the show. Gentlemen, we are halfway through the college football season. Like the regular season is halfway done, and I cannot believe how fast it has gone. I'm scratching my head as to where all the time went. Uh, you know, it looks like there are some teams, like pretenders and contenders, like we've we've pretty much locked those in right now. We, we kind of see the teams that are trending up. We kind of see the teams that are trending down and the teams that are probably not going to have very good of a season. Uh, thanks for sticking with us to this point. Uh, if you're a fan of Army football or the rest of college football, please check out the show because it's uh, we, we spend a lot of time building this thing up, signing out for the mailing list. We send out one email a week with all of our content. So if you are interested, go to askforfootball.com forward slash subscribe. Or if you really like the content that we're putting out, sign up for our Patreon. Either way, we're going to keep making them if you keep listening. Uh, again, it's been a crazy season so far. We're going to see some more top 25 upsets this week. And like I'm gearing up for this week and, and hopefully, you know, Army can make it out of uh, LSU without too many uh, significant casualties. That's going to be a pretty tough game. Like if there's one game where Brian Kelly could have probably said, yeah, we're going to beat him up. Like that's probably <laughs> fair. I mean, I don't think that anybody would be like, okay, yeah, like, you know, LSU beating up on Army, SEC team beating up on, you know, small independent probably makes sense. But I think so far this season it's been pretty interesting. We'll see what happens. I think the fallout of uh, conference realignment is going to be heavy. 
I mean, when you look at the the Pac-12, the Pac-12 is having it's probably the best season that it has had in the last decade. I know it's amazing. It's right, amazing. Before, right before the entire conference di- dissolves, and that just goes to show you how crazy college football is. You know, because it's like, hey, look, if you would have told me two years ago that like all these realignments are going to happen. The playoff is going to get bigger. Like I think everybody wanted the playoff to get bigger. I don't think anybody saw the conference realignment coming the way that it did, but now that it's happening in real time, it's like, man, who's going to come out on top? I think the, the 18 playoff is going to be huge. I personally would like to see, you know, one or two less cupcake games go to an eight, eight team conference schedule. And then you just balance that out over time and let the, uh, the conferences manage that part and play 10 games. So you have two out-of-conference games, eight teams, eight team games in the season, conference championship, and then you go to the playoff. Again, that's my personal opinion because, uh, you know, one of the chief complaints that NFL players have is the seasons are too long. Now, if you're an NIL guy like Frank Harris, you probably don't care how long the season is because you're still collecting a check. But if you are actually in college to try and get a degree, you want the season to be over as quickly as possible so you can move on to your next thing. Either way, We're going to wrap this up. This has been two O's and an NCO. I am Rob, the playground legend. We got Dano Ikebesa calling to you out of Coastal Carolina or Coastal Carolina. Jeez, he watched Coastal Carolina last week. He's at Coastal Connecticut and Trigger Joe out of the home of the big house. And we will talk to you guys next week. Beat LSU. Beat them. Thanks for listening to the Ask for Football College Football Roundtable. Tune in next week as the AFF team brings you more hot takes and college football analysis. We'd like to thank our sponsor, BuyerBarn.com. BuyerBarn.com is the world's first platform to perform online auctions and sales for farm animals. BuyerBarn.com is dedicated to helping small farmers in America and are extending a special discount to military veterans who want to help in the revolution of the family farm. Go to BuyerBarn.com forward slash military. That's BuyerBarn.com. B-Y-R-E-B-A-R-N.com to learn more and to get started or email them at info at buyerbarn.com. Thanks again for listening to Ask for Football, College Football Roundtable, and as always, Beat Navy.